な来るかなほほほ、Welcome to the Sega Saturn Shiro Podcast, the only podcast guaranteed to terrorize your kids on Christmas morn. I'm Patrick. I'm Dave. I'm still K. And on this podcast, we got a bunch of holly jolly stuff wrapped up for you. We got Christmas games, we got Christmas updates, we got streams, we got all types of things, and super duper secret announcements that's gonna blow your mind and your wallet, possibly, depending on. We go for it. But, anyways,、uh, what have you guys been up to since, I don't know, what's it been, three weeks since we recorded? What about you? Still K? Still K. And now I'm active K. What? No.、Um, so, you and I did a、uh, let's play of Netlink games and tried to get something going and managed to stream it. And I think that's yeah, that was fun. News. Yeah, it was laggy. Old news, but it was <laughs>、yeah. news since the podcast. News、right? since the podcast, yeah. It was、yeah. laggy, but it was really it was fun. And actually, what was really fun is just to see lots of people getting interested in it. Lots of people, I guess, you know, there's a lot of people out there that don't realize that the Saturn is back online. So,、um, you know, there's enthusiasm out there. And of course, I think more, more than anything, it was just fun to see that we could do it. Yeah. And it, our, our way of doing this was,、uh, was fairly interesting, I feel, anyway. I mean, you and、mm-hmm. I. Um, streamed our own sides of things.、Um, right. And then you went ahead afterward and clobbered it together into a single video stream. And, Seriously,、uh, clobbered is, a, is the right word. It, it worked out pretty well.、Um, your your timing on that was, yeah, your timing was,、uh, was very good with it. And I definitely feel like it、uh, got the point across. Yeah. So hopefully, some of you guys out there are.、Uh, Looking into those fairly cheap VoIP adapters and you know, relatively cheap net links to come and join us. I wasn't even using the two wire phone cord that you were talking about. Yeah. But、um, I do have one now, so we got to get another stream going or at least just another, got to set up another playthrough because I think that might help. I got to hook one up so I can whip you both at virtual on.、Oh, I did discover though that I have the, the net link CCE disc. Oh my God. And I think, my, yeah, so I, think I have、what? all of them now. Wait, you got a Netlink CCE disc? So, sorry, I have a burned copy. <laughs> I'm sitting here. I have it. You're like, wait, you're, <laughs> your mind is like blown right now. You're like, look.、Well, <laughs> yeah, your wallet got blown. No, 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 no.、Um, though I will say, GameStop, they,、uh, they have on their website like a, a, just a plain old copy of CCE for like a hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because it's like, That's so pathetic because if it was CCE, that's like way too little to be charging. But you know, they're like maybe hoping to like fool somebody into spending a hundred bucks thinking they're getting a deal or something. I don't know. Yeah. Next up, I, I bet EA is going to buy GameStop and they can just like complete the trifecta of evil. I gotcha. So, how's your collection going, Dave? I know you've been trying to get a, a lot of those、uh, rare games in there. I'm, I'm coming to a close on the US stuff. I'm pretty happy with what I've got, and I'm, I'm looking to get into more of the Japanese stuff soon, but you know, well, it's, it's Christmas time. time. Yeah, well, you know, I'm not in any hurry. I've been playing these games for years, you know. I, I, have, a, I have a CD wallet full of like every Japanese game that exists, so you know, 
Really? I can still, pl- I can still play them. Yeah, I just I just haven't uh, haven't gone gotten to the point where I want to fill an entire shelf with these things. You know, interesting uh, bit of news since you're um, discussing your collection coming towards a close. Um, I actually was able to remove the tape from uh, the Street Fighter Alpha 2s that I got. Um, cool. Still did some damage, but got one of those coming towards you because I have your address now. I've been meaning to ask you all weekend. Uh, oh, no. The reason why I have the address is because I received a very, very nice package uh, about four o'clock this afternoon uh, from Mr. Dave. Uh, it had a deep fear uh, U.S. case reproduction artwork. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, that's kind of that's really cool. It is very nice. He had a, a really um, very kind written note there. So I have to get on that because I got a, a package to send you with a couple of boards, uh, Street Fighter Alpha 2 stuff and so on and so forth. But good, sir. Uh, thank you very much. You've yeah. made me smile today. No problem. And hopefully right around the corner. Have you heard the talk about uh, limited run games doing some repro cases for the Saturn games? The long wow, boxes? what a segue, Dave. Props onto that one. Well, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> thinking. Either he's either got to butcher a copy of Madden, or, uh, or if he waits a couple months, they he might have an option. Or but, a couple, uh, or a few, or eight months. Yeah, I, that's the thing. Is I, I haven't. I mean, I know that it's confirmed. I just don't know how long it's going to take them. Funny enough, I was actually looking to uh, MVS uh, reproduction things because, uh, as you guys know, I've been collecting a lot of MVS games, and that's been interesting because it's either oh, pay eight dollars for a shock box, uh, twenty five dollars for five reproduction uh, uh, kit kit boxes, or get these other boxes for eight bucks. I'm just kind of happy that you know they, we have these options now, but I think I think uh, once those cases are going to be really good. This Saturn case is going to be a really good option for people that yeah. don't want to butcher Maddens all the time. There's a lot know. of controversy though. Like I'm seeing a lot of people, like half of the people down the middle are like, oh, you know, make them distinguished, make them not look anything, or at least make make them easily distinguishable from the real thing. Whereas the other half of people are like, well, it's just plastic. It's not, it's the, it's the artwork that it's the IP, you know, it's not like the plastic case that it came with. Just like, just like CD jewel cases, you know? And I, I'm kind of on that side of the fence where I'm like, no, I want them to be exactly like the, like the original Saturn cases, you know, so that they sit evenly on the shelf, you know, and so that they're easily, you know, so, so that artists like us can continue to make reproduction art for it and it's a known thing you know like the the dimensions are all the same that kind of thing you know yeah and i I think personally i think it's i mean i don't know about you guys but as a collector standpoint if somebody's like yeah i replaced the case i'm not gonna freak out like oh it's not original anymore i want like 50 dollars off now it's like oh that's really cool because i can't tell the difference between i mean i do the same with the dreamcast games i replaced all those and i can't tell the difference yeah the only the only thing from i i know historic um, I know the historical aspect is important to you, Pat. And um, the only thing I can imagine is like with companies like Acclaim that kind of went the cheap route and did those little like blister backs backings. I know that there's some, you know, like 
myself included, I've gotten rid of all of those with my collection and and used the Sega license tra- the gray tray, like the hard plastic tray. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess you could argue from a historical aspect, if that's not how the game was released, then that's not technically how it's, it should sit on the shelf. And I mean, I can, I don't personally care about that, but I can respect that argument, you know. I gotcha. Yeah, the um, the, the argument I I, I kind of got into a discussion with a, a gentleman um, in the forums about that, where he wanted to see um, one more than just limited run games um, have been talking about doing this, and uh, he had wanted to see some way of making it you know differentiated from you know original ones, and I see there's no point. Um, because if you go and take a look at the Japanese market, you can replace, well, most cases with your standard either single or double case, uh, like CD case. And it's just a case. It's All it is is generic. In the UK, you actually have, um, the games were released on, like, between one, excuse me, two or three different types of uh, European cases. Exactly. like that it's just a mess over there mm-hmm. our cases are universal in that they are um the same kind of large jewel box cases but they're not the same between uh like sega cd cases or have slightly different sized holes for the right the yeah and in in the end it's just like the only benefit i can see to having some sort of means of differentiating between an original and a reproduction case is that people will start trying to make claims that the um, original cases are going to be worth more and therefore try to bump up the price on uh, on the games as a result of that. Which is just stupid. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. So, I believe that the information um, in the threads and such from Limited Run saying that they um, are not going to make any difference uh, in the case because they had to follow a patent. Sure. And I mean, it's a proven design too. I mean, I mean, as uh, they're fragile, as we all know, so it's not a it's not a perfect design. But if they were to stray from that design, they could waste a lot of money doing, you know, finding out that, you know, injecting at a different point is going to create bigger stress issues down the road. You know, so it's it's better to go with what we know because at least we know that you handle them with some care. You know, they're going to last. And I, I highly recommend uh, getting some protective cases to go, to go around at least the games that you value, you know? Exactly. Have, have either of you guys um, purchased any of the reproduction foam? No, I got... I, I, well, I don't know about Patrick, but I, I went to Home Depot and I got a... You can get a big roll of, like, foam for, like, I don't know, weatherproofing your house, you know? And I literally just went cut 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 and it fits right in there and end of story weatherproofing your saturn games <laughs> i mean it's basically just foam you know and i got that for a fraction of what i would have paid for a bunch of these little foam blocks and having them shipped to me but um yeah but funny I, enough I, uh yeah i tried to do something like that with the 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 mvs cases for the kit boxes Mm-hmm. I tried to go to a bunch of uh, Kinko's uh, shipping stores, and I, none of them had a case that looked anything like that or size-wise, which really sucked. Yeah, we do some crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, my first Saturn game that I got, like, I think I got a copy of Clockwork Knight, and the manual was kind of 
crinkled a little bit and I took an iron to it and that was a that was a lesson learned you know <laughs> um, people have asked how do I get the creases out of manuals and stuff like that and it turns out that paper being an organic material heat works heat heat does help to like relax the fibers but you also have to introduce some like humidity as well you know um, but what actually causes paper to crinkle is not the humidity it's when it dries and all the humidity is sucked out of the paper it dries permanently in whatever position that it was in so if it's wavy if the humidity causes it to get wavy and then the humidity is sucked out and it becomes dry it'll be like frozen in that form so you have to introduce some humidity to the paper to relax the fibers and then flatten it like a like a flower in a book and then let all of the humidity dry out and it will become frozen in that flat form that's really cool i never knew it's like completely i don't know if that's useless information to some people but oh know, i don't think it's useless at yeah, all yeah so so paper paper is an organic thing it's a tree you know it's like a living thing or at least it was you know it sells you know okay so uh let's um let's go more into the news uh so can you tell me a little about the uh the knight's template that you guys were working on oh, this is all dave Okay, so a year year or two ago, I did a Knights in uh, Christmas Knights custom because I wanted one on my shelf next to my you know all my other long boxes, mm-hmm. and it's um, gorgeous. I had a ratty little you know cardboard sleeve for my copy of Knights, which wasn't cheap by the way. I didn't realize how much that game cost, but it, it's like Christmas; it goes up in price every every Christmas. But anyway, so yeah, I made this custom, and it was okay. But I kind of, you know, I shared it with Kay and I've actually refined the, the template to, to a point where I feel like it's ready to produce, you know. I probably need to send Kay like an update. <laughs> Woo! Well, like now update. that I, because also I've got, I got my printer fixed, you know. So if you, Kay, if you look at the difference between like the Deep Fear print and the Christmas Nights, you might notice that the, that Christmas Nights had kind of like a blotchiness to the front of it. Uh, you know what, man? I'm going to tell you, like, because uh, there was a, a competition or a raffle or something over at um, Saturn Collectors of America, and a bunch of people got some of these, like a segue, uh, sort of. But I am touched so uh, deeply by the fact that you took the time, based on our very first podcast where I gushed about this game that I suck at, by the way. Um, I'm happy with the fact that you did that for me. I mean, I'm, I'm incredibly touched and honored. And it's a, it's a great piece of art. And I actually put my two other, three other copies in there. Um, like the sleeves fit in there pretty nicely. So Cool. Oh, and right. I also want to say thanks for the uh, the police knots. I, I completely forgot about that. The, yeah. Uh, they, they've also sent me a, a repro that we worked on a bit with the police knots. At least the cover-wise. Dave did the, the, the rest of it. Mm-hmm. The um the manuals the back cover art, but we uh I basically came with this idea that I really want to see the police not US cover, as people know that they actually mocked up the design of it, but they never released it. Exactly. So, and they have the little lo-fi pictures of it, and I always wondered where that came from, and I figured out it came from the the art book of the concept art. Mm-hmm. So what I did is I scanned that into like a high quality scanner and. Uh, I started working on that, but I couldn't get the, the, the side art correct. So I mm-hmm. messaged Dave, and he helped me out and got that down. And uh, we never really did much about that, but then he, a couple weeks ago, he sent me a 
a full thing of police knots and I was extremely happy because it's one of my favorite games on the Saturn. And yeah. I, I'm I glad you like it. On the group. Yeah, I love it, dude. It's fantastic. Honestly, you, you kind of sent me down. Uh, that was how Patrick and I got acquainted. And he sent me down like this rabbit hole, of, like this whole new hobby of not just creating customs, which is what I was doing before, but like creating like hypothetical histories i guess if if so and so was to have released this game in this period of time what would have been accurate you know trying to avoid anachronism you know trying to get everything down to like the the right fonts and stuff like that it's fun for me i know it's super a super geeky thing to be interested in but um it's a lot of fun and i'm thinking about doing that with other releases as well you should like those people who would listen to a Sega Saturn podcast aren't going to appreciate geekiness. Basically. <laughs> you know what? We're going to change your name. You're not. You're no longer David Lee Roth. You're Sega Santa Shiro. <laughs> Sega Santa Shiro. Yeah, I don't know how you do it, dude. That you you do too much of this community, all that art, the art shit. But and editing our podcast. In, if I didn't work in an art school, I'm not sure I could. Yeah. It's yeah, it's a it's I'm blessed to to have that kind of setup, you know. Like and Ben Boyd, um, I want to shout out his work because I've seen oh, some yeah. of the amazing stuff that he's doing, and I'm he ha- has been doing for a long time actually. He's been doing this for for years, you know. So it's such he, a huge fan of his work. Huge, huge fan of his work. He is a professional. Okay, he's he is a professional graphic designer, and he works in a you know print house. They can they can do you know f- full color print. And I think they, they even use like high quality presses and he can do full bleed and like his stuff is definitely on a, well, it's on a professional level for sure. And um, I'm able, I'm, I've been, you know, able to, to get close to that, you know, uh, to where I'm satisfied with the, the quality that I'm coming out with. But also, you know, I kind of believe that there's always room for improvement, you know, so, but yeah, huge shout out to Ben Boyd and Sega Creatives which is an awesome group if you're even remotely interested in creating your own artwork for, for Saturn stuff or Sega in general. So did you have an announcement about your Knights template? Yeah, you know, um, lots of people have been asking to buy it. Um, and I have been really reluctant only because I don't don't feel like I could meet up with demand. I mean, I'm not even kidding you that... The time I had to put in to just get the three out for the raffle, you know, and then and then the postage and stuff like that, and among everything else, was not exactly easy. And I'm just, you know, I don't like to flake on people. I don't want to have one person order it and then not be able to, you know, treat everybody equally. So I've had a lot of people ask to buy it. I've had a lot of people ask if they could just download it and print it themselves. And I got it to a point where, um, yeah, we're going to release it. We're going to make it public. So that if you have a good printer at home or you want to try your hand at, at printing this and binding it, um, it's it's set up in a pretty simple way. And we're going to release it on our uh, on our drive or, you know, we're going to release it in a link to this podcast. Make that available for you guys this Christmas. Oh, and um, we're probably, Christmas. yeah, we're, we're starting up this new, we're starting up this new idea called Sega Saturn Shiro Customs. And um, between the three of us, we all have a hand in this. Um, I think we're going to be doing some exciting potential stuff in the near future. So 
uh, keep, stay tuned for that too. The the some of the interesting things that we have planned to bring to you guys. It's gonna blow your mind and possibly more. K K K does like the. Um, well, he's right here. I'm talking, but <laughs> you do some of the most amazing discs I've ever seen. I don't know how you do that, um, and that's like why I would. I don't even bother. Like I'm like, what if I ever need a disc? I'm just gonna ask K because I'm not even gonna bother trying to, you know, reproduce that kind of quality. You know, he's he's been he's got it down to a science. Oh shucks, man. Yeah. So if you guys need disc repros and you want them to look mint, you know, ask K. Let's um. Talk a little bit about these competitions so as like our last little piece of news or one of our last little piece of news. So um, we're involved. All three of us are involved in multiple Saturn groups and Sega uh, Collectors of America or excuse me, Saturn Collectors of America um, had a what, what was it a raffle or just a giveaway? Like how did it? How was was it? That? Yeah, it was a Christmas raffle. That was, so in response to all the people that wanted to buy it, I was like, well, I'm going to I'm going to raffle one off. And then, of course, the kicker was I'm, I raffled three off because there were some there were 27 people that entered the raffle. And I was just like, wow, for one person to win, uh, there's going to be a lot of bummed out people. So, uh, you know, because I was printing them all at the same time, I was able to do like three, get three out all binded. And um, we raffled them off on the I think it was the it was mid December because I, I needed time to ship them out to everybody. But yeah, so we had. Uh, Samuel Miles uh, over on the junkyard and a member of the Titan cast. He entered at like the last minute of the 11th hour and he actually won. He was like the first one to come up. And then we had Benno Donkers. He is over in the Netherlands. <laughs> and I ended up shipping that thing to the Netherlands. But he was super cool about it and he helped me out on the postage. I was surprised that he wanted a, a US box, but but yeah, he totally did. And then um, Josh, is it Atkins? Um, and he's he's one of the guys that put up a video early on in the Saturn Collectors of America, so he's been active too, and that's awesome that that they went to these guys. It's awesome that you're engaged in the community and you know doing this because that you did that as part of like uh, an official Sega Saturn Collectors of America thing, right? As your position, as a yeah, player. I didn't do it on the Shiro page because I didn't know like I, I yeah because I moderate over on the Saturn Collectors of America and I wanted to throw a little something christmas their way you know and samuel he he joined the group <laughs> so that he could be in that raffle but i'm just glad that we're just glad to have him you know in both groups so on the oh go for it oh i was just saying he's a really cool dude uh yeah you know, he's always talking to us he's always got that nice southern accent he's the saturn gentleman the southern saturn gentleman ssg so SSG. Speaking of the junkies, which is my pet name for the junkyard and those of us who are in there. And you know what? If anyone in the junkyard finds that offensive, then please let me know. But I've not heard anything back from it. You find it offensive? Okay. Well, F you, man. I'm just kidding. Thanks. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. You're straight edge anyway. Well, they call us the Shiro boys. What are the Playboys? Is that what that means? Wow. No, I, that is, the must playboy. Too much of an honor for me to even be even remotely associated with. I'm like the opposite of a Playboy. <laughs> well, so just the, the junkyard in uh, in general. Um, it's been mostly Simon, right? Who's been doing the uh, the playing competitions there? posting those up yeah he's been the one posing the yeah he's he's been in charge of uh posting the challenges 
So, um, since the holiday season's come up, I've noticed a lot more holiday-themed things going on over on that side. And uh, the first one that they did was actually uh, the um, the Santa level uh, for Sagata Sanshiro uh, Shinkan Yugi, uh, which is a relatively obscure game for you know North American you know players. A um, bunch of mini games based on you know Sega's uh, very popular mascot, uh, Sagata Sanshiro, part of our namesake. And uh, yeah, he also did one for Christmas Nights. That's actually still ongoing as we speak, I believe. And uh, yeah, just means of engaging the community and posting scores. And what I find awesome, and I, I really want to throw this to Pat, um, this past weekend, Pat ran a Christmas games stream. And can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, I thought I decided that maybe it'd be a little bit fun to try a Christmas stream. But it's the games we're going to be talking on this podcast, mostly to give me an excuse to play them and try them out, actually. Because <laughs> I've been really bad at that. But uh, yeah, we uh, I played it played it that day. We played uh, played um, we played the the, the Sega Saturn Shin, Shin Yugi. Played uh, Christmas Nights and. Right, and I didn't get a chance to play Father Christmas, but I'll talk about that later. And essentially, uh, basically, it was just me trying to struggle through the Sega Saturn Shiro games. So, like some of them, some of them were easy to decipher, like the the Santa mini game or the or some or some of the uh, that the um the power thing where you hit the, hit your hands with the the bricks or, or hitting the items of the trash can. But some of them, I had no idea what to do, like the. Uh, like the like the wrestling that robot onto the landmines or the count how many objects are in the picture mini games. It seemed like you were doing better than than you are letting on, you know. Well, I thought, no, I thought I you did pretty good. You a couple of these games, it's like I know what's going on. Sure, I did yeah. really like the uh, the running stair one where you're in the stairwell and you have to dodge the fire. Oh yeah, that one's funny. Also, I noticed you—you you must be—you you say you're not that good at, at shoot 'em ups, but you seem pretty good to me. Like the 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 present delivery one, you, you were doing really well. Yeah, I, I think I like watched five that times. Well, I, I watched you stream that and uh, that last attempt, and I saw you missed like four houses total, and I think you you only did it like a handful of times. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, bravo. You're just five That's times. better than I would do. <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually uh, I'm I'm trying to practice more of that stuff right now. Like I'm doing, I'm doing Metal Slug, trying to get a one CC, but that's kind of kind of not related to this podcast. But sure, um, I I don't know. I just really really liked it. It was a lot really fun game. Cool. I didn't realize I missed four. I thought I missed more than that. No, um, from the moment that I watched, which I think you had just started that last run through, um, to the end, I counted four houses missed. Oh wow. Yeah. So Pat, are are you saying you like genre mashup games? Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. So, so where are we on game for you? What game is? Oh God damn it! I hate you. <laughs> hook, line, and sinker, gentlemen. Hook, line, and sinker. God damn it! No, but um. Anyways, after I got that, a bone to pick with you. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, <laughs> so that, that, was, that was a podcast where yeah. the only podcast where we can get out, uh, get away with really bad Mr. Bones puns. Please stop this now. <laughs> uh, so I continue on if we don't have any more bone puns to make fun of me with. You know you have a boner for that game. 
Yeah, totally. Uh, but no bones um, about it. Uh, yeah, we done? <laughs> can I go? Can I move on to Christmas nights? <laughs> Thank you. Well, don't we have an obscure game to talk about? Well, I mean, I want to talk. I, I've also oh. played Christmas nights. I did that after the cast. My apologies. Go for it. So uh, I also struggled. I also decided to try Christmas nights after I was done uh, playing through the mini games, and I am not good at that game. I. I decided to instead of using I didn't have a 3D controller so I used a Saturn Virtua Stick, which I think is about the second best you could probably use of that game, right? Yeah, you were saying you you prefer that because it's easy left bumper at the same time, and I don't know what yeah. that would translate. Oh yeah, you got oh, it. Well, well, you got it to, to a high score. You got to learn to air brake because you can stop on a dime and then you can go back to get stuff, or or you can um, you can pull off a really quick para loop. But uh, but yeah. it can be done. It can be done. I was just playing with the D pad tonight because my little my four year old he can't use the the huge Spielberg controller or whatever you want to the 3D control pad. He can't use it because it's too big for his hands. So I gave him a, just a standard D pad and he was doing okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, essentially, I I mean, as Dave pointed out, I was not doing good. I think I got a C on all three of them, and I ended up with a D rating on the entire thing. And I jokingly said that I was probably the best at the game because I got through it, but that's not true at all. Mm-hmm. I did fucking awful, but uh, I passed it. One thing, I don't know if you guys ever knew this, but I did so bad at one point in the original that I accidentally realized that if you run out of time on it, you turn back into the little girl or a little boy, and depending on what you are, and you have to walk back to the menu the thing and get into the night body again. Right, which is like an automatic F. Okay. Sounds like he just doesn't know how to play it. <laughs> I don't know, but most essentially people don't. I, oh. I had some issues playing that game a lot, and uh, I got like a, a D rating on it. But I, I I beat it, and I beat Amy. I was the top scorer, but I mean, <laughs> Sonic Tails Amy and whoever played it sucked at it. So, <laughs> so I mean, the rest of that Sonic team. Yeah. So yeah. I was not good. Funny thing but, is, a lot of people, a lot of people approach Knights thinking that it is like a platformer, like like how it was billed back in the day. When really, it's like an arcade score attack game. Oh yeah, and it's a you, lot of fun. I just yeah. really wish I was better at it. It's not you could you could get A's easy. Even you wouldn't even have to do that many runs through the course. You could you could do like three or four runs through the course and just pick up all the chips. Basically, you just want to knock down the tree or or the idea capture. You want to knock that down as quick as you can and then just collect a bunch of gold chips and go through the course and just fly over the palace and just keep collecting as many chips as you can until the clock runs down and then go back to the palace. You'll get an A. It's not oh, hard. Oh, cool. So I was always curious about that because I, I was just went straight to it after I see it. Yeah, use as much use all the time you possibly can. That's don't don't go back early because you're just yeah. So so the in nights or Christmas nights you want to knock fir, first thing run through the course and get rid of the enemies on your way because they're just gonna get in your way. You know when you're trying to make good time. Um, some people are really good at avoiding them, but I just get rid of the enemies and then I knock down the 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 idea capture thing as quickly as I can. Then after that, everything you pick up, all the chips are gold and they're worth like a multiplier of points. You know, and then also as you're going through the rings, you're racking up your multiplier through links. 
So you want to you want to do those as well. And then you just want to pass over the top of the palace and just keep going through the course and you get better and better. And it's like crack, you know, you just it's addictive because you just get better and better, just like you would at like a, 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 a shmup vertical. Oh, or I did not know this. Yeah. So then so then as the time's running out, you can really kind of like gauge whether, oh, do I have enough time to go back one more time or do I want to just like collect these chips and then run back to the palace as fast as I can? and get in right under the gun and then you'll get an A almost guaranteed nice hot tips from the Sega Sad and Shiro boys and how to play Christmas nights yeah alright so um, so did we want to start talking about the, the the rest of the games or other Christmas games or did we just want to use this as the Christmas games and just go into the go into the mail bag and end it well let's let's go ahead and do the uh, the Holly game slash obscure game and okay Cool. So, uh, and let's. Uh, so, guys, um, let's go talk about that. So, we decided that we picked the Father Christmas. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, did you want to intro it, Kay? I know you probably know a little bit more about about it. I played. I played a little bit, and I was able to clear it one CC. No hardest <laughs> difficulty. Uh, no retry. Full concentration. Pass. Oh, Father Christmas. So, this is, um, it was an uh, edutainment title. Things that, uh, you know, educators wanted to try and push out um, on video game platforms and on PC. Uh, It is based on uh, an animation uh, done by Raymond Briggs. I've never seen this. Uh, animation outside of like um, videos for the actual Father Christmas game, um, but it, it struck me uh, when I was searching for um, some information about Christmas Nights um, on uh, Satacore, the you know biggest Sega Saturn database. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was trying to shortcut it and just typed in Christmas when I probably could have shortcut it with nights faster, um, but it wasn't popping up. And the reason is that Satacore is set up for um, almost two separate databases, one being full games and others being demos. So when I typed up Christmas, Christmas Nights didn't show up, but Father Christmas did. It was kind of, kind of like this, you know, oh, what what the hell is this thing? Um, the uh, information that I had about it at the time was that it kind of plays uh, similar to, um, like, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? Um, okay. And uh, I'm going to read a little blurb. Uh, this is a uh, bit of information um, from like a 10-year-old video now um, about Father Christmas. You can see it on YouTube. And uh, you're hunting down Santa's cat and dog by following clues. You know, that's kind of where the reference towards uh, Carmen Sandiego is, if anyone ever played that particular title. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's also a study mode, which teaches you all sorts of geography facts. But of course, it's in Japanese, and um, I had highly suggested uh, that Pat play this game on his stream, mostly because I wanted to see it in action. But at the time when he did this, I had to go shopping with my daughter, <laughs> so I didn't actually get to see this. And uh, I- I'd love to hear what your actual experience with it was. I regret every single moment of burning <laughs> that CD and putting it to my console. Listen, basically, he told me, oh, you have this Father Christmas game. I thought maybe it would be just a generic platformer, some some shitty 3D game like Mr. Bones or something to, to that extent. 
So I put it in the disc. I burned it, put it in there, and it's like, uh, so is this a level select or something? It's like a globe. You click all over it, and it's all in Japanese. It's like, oh, okay, maybe it's like a, a shmup thing. I need to click on the level to select. And it looks like a web browser. It's like, uh, what's going on? So I kept trying to navigate, navigate, and I, I realized sooner or later that it was one of those shitty point-and-click edutainment games that would be common on the CDI or the 3DO <laughs> console. Sega Pico? <laughs> yeah, no, Pico. Don't, no, don't talk shit about Sega Pico. That was okay. legitimately good. <laughs> Wait, what? That was legit edu- edutainment? Legit, legit, I had a good time with this. How about Pico. the Bandai Pippin? <laughs> uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a millionaire nor Japanese, so I would have no idea. But I'm an Apple fanboy, so it's automatically good. Okay. The best console released ever. So... Nintendo, fuck Sony. It's all about Pippin. Best console with a rollerball mouse. (laughs) (laughs) Best console... Apple's all about innovation, guys. Best console with a... uh, That shares a name with a basketball player? Scotty Pippin. Hey, it had a VGA switch on the back, though. You could switch between VGA and video. Okay, see, we're I'm getting way off. way off track. Apple's <laughs> okay. They, they, they remove, remove the headphone jack and add a VGA switcher. And stick a Dreamcast inside. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, overall, you... Now, mind you, normally we um, do obscure games that we want you to go out and play. This episode is not about... By no means. By no means do we want you to go out and get this game. Unless um, you really want to waste how much money? What is it, like a, a whole $2? Unless oh, there's I, somebody that deserves coal in their stocking, you can put this in their stocking. Oh, man. <laughs> so, if you hate somebody on the, and they play six stat and give them this, say it's an awesome shoot em up my my uh, obtaining uh, Saturn titles um, has been very limited as of late and I actually uh, convinced a seller on eBay to sell me um, this game um, I was hoping I would have it here by the show but uh, I did not get that chance um, it, it actually had a uh, towel with the uh, Father Christmas slash Santa Claus character on the towel I believe the towel is green um, and uh, he agreed to my asking price of sixteen dollars. So, oh I, I man, am... that's that's like that's like sixteen dollars too much for that. <laughs> hey, the towel is worth at least. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right, like five bucks, maybe <laughs> five bucks. You use a nice butt wipe. Wow. <laughs> so, um, this being one of the very few holiday-themed uh, actual full games. Um, for the Saturn, the other one being Christmas Nights, uh, I felt it deserved a place um, in the library. And uh, I, I found it, and it's on its way here, and I'm sure it's every bit as terrible as Pat says. Uh, I wasn't expecting too much out of this title at all. Um, you can run it pretty easily, though. It, out of all the ones that we are talking about today, it's the only one I didn't own an original of, so I decided so to So because we're talking about this, does that mean you're putting it up on Redump? <laughs> yes, and um, <laughs> Merry Christmas to everyone, and a nice little segue. Um, all the games that we talk about tonight as being specifically Christmas-themed um, were available uh, at a murderofcrows.net forward slash free Saturn uh, it's Christmas nights. I think I have the Japanese version and the U.S. version up there. Um, Father Christmas, the redump. Um, it's been in redumps archives for maybe five years, so I would just be a re-verification. That's in there, thanks to Fireball. 
and uh, yeah, the uh, other games we're going to talk about, Sigata Sanshiro, um, uh, Shinken Yugi is uh, up there. And uh, yeah, I'm going to keep it up just through the holiday season and those are, will go away. So if you have a means of playing backups uh, and want to test these games out, Merry Christmas. They will not last long. Yeah, Merry Patrick, Christmas. just so you know, I've got for all the crazy stuff that that uh, Kay sends me, I've got my laptop hooked up to my CRT with SSF on there so I can just kind of test it out before I burn a disc. You ought to try that too. Listen, <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I, I trust Kay with my life at this point. Bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No pressure there. Yeah. No pressure so there. if he says to burn something, I'm going to do it. Except you, you Mr. Know- Bones. I'm not that fucking stupid. <laughs> So, um, okay, uh, Father Christmas is our, our obscure game of the month. This does not mean go out and buy it. This does not mean go out and even play it. Watch the video and have a good laugh at my expense. And, so do you, uh, would you guys recommend playing it? Christ, no, not unless you speak Japanese. No, <laughs> not even if you speak Japanese. If you understand it fluently, don't play it. it, it it's it, it's a really wanna... random. I mean, yeah. It's a random adaptation. How many other edutainment games do you think actually made it to the Saturn in any language? Crickets. I'm trying to think. I don't. <laughs> to like, be honest, I don't think have shit a... games in my library, so I wouldn't know. Ooh, ooh, Dems fighting herds. Um, Listen, I'm not saying your library is shit, but I mean, some people have some really bad Saturn games. <laughs> not me. Oh, really? <laughs> All killer, no filler. That's with, that's me. My my collection's good besides the Evangelion games, which I can't play. But I'm an Evangelion fanboy. What can I tell you? Very nice. Actually, that's not true. I do have one one bad game. I think uh, Alone in the Dark, Jack is back or whatever. It's not a very good game. You don't know. you don't you have Mr. Bones? That game hey. is excellent, sir. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I'm proud of it. Damn straight. Uh, yeah. I'm outnumbered on this podcast. No, but you know, for the lack of Christmas games on the Saturn, what it did have was the one Christmas game to rule all Christmas, all Christmas games. games. The one. The yes, it's very true. This is very true. I mean, if there is a quintessential Christmas game, you know, that I could think of. It would. This is the embodiment of Christmas on yeah, a CD. Yeah, and that's that's all consoles. No fuck. No. Do you know any any Dreamcast Christmas games? Do you know any N sixty four Christmas games? No. Oh yeah. Only one D two man. D two is my dream. D two doesn't count. <laughs> hey, there's snow. But before we get into um, you know, like any, any like serious uh, discussion about Christmas nights, I want to talk about the honorable mention Christmas game. That, oh yeah. Probably no one really is going to want to play this either. So not necessarily. Hey, I will. Not necessarily a recommendation. I liked this game. I'm in the minority because sometimes I like a crappy game. You know, I, I find some charm in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that there's going to be a Mr. Bones jab coming from Pat anytime now. But uh, Die Hard Trilogy. Why is this a Christmas game? Because it's Die Hard, and Die Hard Trilogy both. Uh, two of the games out of you know the three game collection um, directly reference and follow the storyline from Die Hard 1 and 2 which happened mm-hmm. to take place on a certain day 
or certain holiday area. I don't actually know if Die Hard, Die Hard One took place on Christmas Day. It's a Christmas party. Yeah, but like it could have been like the twenty third. Sure, it was a Christmas party. Chris, yeah, a Christmas theme. So, yeah, which are, both of them are on Christmas themed in a way. Yes, and then the airport one, you're you get to drive on a snowmobile, like, and there's Christmas trees, you know, and there's snow, and you're shooting people with automatic weapons. Weapons, <laughs> a lot of fun. <laughs> so, listen, it, I'm wondering why you don't count Die Hard Arcade though. It's technically Die Hard Christmas. There's just no Christmas. There's no Christmas to it. Yeah, it's it's Dynamite Deca with a coat of paint or like a title placard. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean Nagatomi Tower is like in California. It doesn't fucking snow in California, but it's on it Christmas in San Francisco area. But, but it, that was at Christmas time at a Christmas party. Like it the, was, the, but I mean, we don't know the Christmas situation going on in Nagatomi Tower on the Die Hard arcade canon because the president's daughter was kidnapped. <laughs> oh, that's. That might I don't know, but they could have been on Christmas. Nah, there there was no Christmas in in Die Hard Arcade. Um, I wish there was. <laughs> yeah, it, that would be excellent if if they had like if they had made Die Hard Arcade follow the um, events of Die Hard One, mm-hmm. and then did it out like a proper sequel for Die Hard Two. You know how much ass that game would kick? Like how much more ass that game would kick over what it is right now. Still, though, you get to shoot people with a bazooka, so... <laughs> right. It's cool. close quarters. <laughs> in close quarters while they're peeing. Right. <laughs> Don't and forget the gonads with yeah. the rocket launcher. But it is definitely not a Christmas game, unlike no. Die Hard 1 and 2, which are Christmas movies. Which I like. I, I, I mean, I liked it on the PlayStation, and I know it was solid there, but I, I, I like that game. I, I think it's good. Yeah. I mean, there's just not enough, there's not that many um, there's not that many light gun games on the Saturn, so you can't like when you get one that's like half decent, I'll take it, you know. Totally understand. As he gets it, it's no Death Crimson, you know. It's no, <laughs> it's no Crypt Killer. Oh, so, oh yeah, Crypt Killer, the epitome of great games on the Saturn. No, I'm saying at least it's not Death Crimson or Crypt Killer. <laughs> oh, okay, I thought you were saying that it wasn't or Corpse Killer for that matter. It wasn't as good. No, 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 no. So, Patrick, did you actually end up getting to play um, Trilogy? I did not, unfortunately, but I did play, like, almost all of them besides that one. I never, I I mean, I watched videos of it. I never played it personally. Mm -hmm. I thought the one that was in, you know, based on Die Hard 1 wasn't actually all that bad. I mean, they used kind of like a wireframe model, like a textured wireframe model for the building layout. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could tell that if they fleshed that out into a full game on its own and re- really honed it, that would have actually been a really good game. Like, it had that potential. Yeah. Or, did, or am I alone in that? I mean, no, I, I like it, too. I, I mean, all three games are like a, are like 65 to 75%, you know, like they're yeah. as far as like a rating goes. I know you said you like the... Uh, you like the last one, uh, yes. Die Hard 3, just for like that burnout sense of, you know, just wrecking stuff, you know, try with the, you said well, you use the steering wheel, right? Even more than that, like before there were, um, you know, like any sort of real driving simulators, the, the kind that we have, you know, these days, I actually um, used that uh, similar to how I would have played like Grand Theft Auto. Uh, mm-hmm. like Grand Theft Auto 3, like trying to obey the traffic lights and actually drive a car 
and not in a race scenario. Of sure. course, that will lead you to lose in that game because your yeah. bombs are going to explode. Exactly. But, I just imagine uh, it's like, come on, McLean, move it. <laughs> Listen, we got we got to drive the speed limit, man. We we can't go above right. driving, driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> Well, so mind you, the Die Hard trilogy was actually one of the first games. Well, not one of the first games I got, but probably like um, it, it was the the game I had in mind when I bought the steering wheel in like the late nineties. And um, such an I, odd actually, choice. Well, yeah, but you know, because there was no real driving simulator. Everything was racing, and all the racings were pretty much arcade. Right? Sure. So I wanted to get behind the wheel and actually try something a little bit different. The game was was fun for me. Um, even I only did like the simulation kind of thing, you know, for maybe like a week or two, and I got bored of it really quickly because mm-hmm. you can't win. There's no way to win if you're like obeying the green lights. But um, that Wait, was. Can I segue while you're doing this real quick? Yeah. Well, you're talking about you're talking about arcade and racing and stuff like that, and I just wanted yeah, to it, make it a quick mention of the. Okay. The thing that Zaiden is working on. Oh, yes. That is so exciting. I have to tell you guys. Okay, so Zaiden right now is working on at least trying to get Sega Touring Car Championship to get the leaderboards going live through the DreamPipe servers, which would blow my mind because um, it's, it's one of my favorite Saturn games. And I know that it's kind of a black sheep and I have a soft spot spot in my heart for it, but I'm just so excited that he's even going to give it a go. I I ripped the entire archive of the Sega Touring Car uh, Championship website uh, from the 1998 archive, and I sent it to him tonight. So hopefully he's going to dig in there and find whatever he needs to to make that happen. But that's exciting to me, you know, because then we could have challenges and actually post the results through our Saturns, you know. So that's great. So the piece of info that's kind of missing like, is that, you know, uh, although it's not listed as a Netlink compatible game, Sega Touring Car uh, Championship is a Netlink, uh, use, like it uses the Netlink in some format. Um, and so we're also kind of you know, using this to, to put out there. If anyone um, has gone through their Saturn games and found uh, a Saturn game that utilizes the Netlink, but not necessarily for play... And you know, we'd love to hear about it. And these, uh, th- this is a, a very phenomenal feature to have a leaderboard um, on the internet that you know you hook your Saturn to, you know, to to post these times back in the the mid to late nineties. So the really future kinda... is now. The future. Yeah, <laughs> it, it makes I'm you wonder, in- like, how many people actually posted their their scores back then. Oh my god, I found pages. I found there was a. So on this website, um, and I, I zipped it up in the Shiro archive so you guys can access it, But um, and I put it in the chat, okay. But um, there are pages and pages of people that actually posted comments. To, and, and uh, you know, Juno emails and, you know, Juno. Old really, yeah, Juno and AOL and just really old stuff. And, and they were using, like, ICQ to, um, am I saying that right, ICQ? To mm-hmm. The chat system, yeah. And they were using, like... Yeah, all all sorts of like antiquated means of chatting and stuff like that to like do these matchups and or um yeah I, there was some talk about like online matchups and I was like what are they talking about they must have been talking about like the PC version or something but anyway yeah there's some there's some great stuff oh there's like there's the Avex tracks and like a bunch of music and stuff like that I think I want to release this as a as a zip archive that people can play around with you should check it out Kay I think you'd love it. 
Yeah, so I, I got to witness this in, in action, and it kind of bums me out in a little, you know, like a small way that we didn't even get to talk about its Netlink compatibility on our Netlink show. Yeah, well, the thing is, if you look at aware. if you look at Wikipedia, Wikia, Satakure, you look at um, Sega Retro, none of them make any mention of this game. And it, it just so happened that I like this game so much, I knew about this functionality. And I also knew what's also great about it, uh, Patrick, if you, uh, is that um, it, it uses the internal system clock on the Saturn, and it knows where, uh, where you are in different time zones and stuff. So if you're racing... Um, so there, there is a way to actually match up against another opponent. It's by um, putting in a, a lap time, you know, and then uploading it. And I think it would be like a, it would go as like a ghost or something that they could race against. That makes sense. Yeah. So it's not it's not synchronous, but the idea is that you know if you were racing against somebody from Japan and it was daytime, it would be like nighttime or something for them or something. It uses the it uses time zones pretty That's heavily. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm anyway. gonna have to revisit this um, uh, maybe on the sports games that don't suck uh, show. But I but you meant you mentioned game you mentioned how few games that are racers that aren't like arcadey and and Sega Touring Car is kind of like somewhere in the middle. Like you can totally go arcade with it, or you can really like tune the vehicles. Sure. So yeah, but cool. the other aspect of it is that like it's still essentially a racer. Oh, and I was sure. trying to find, like, you ever play, not to get so far off topic. So sorry for that tangent. <laughs> no, it, that was a great piece of news that I forgot that we should have had in the beginning. But, um, so when I play Grand Theft Auto, like, 3, I was blown away by this game. And, yeah, it's not the most realistic simulation of driving ever. But the idea that you're driving around in city streets and people take notice to what you're doing and how you drive is actually kind of phenomenal to me. Exactly. And I wanted to see if there was some aspect of being able to get behind the wheel um, in a game like that. And I don't think there is. <laughs> I kind of feel like um, uh, out of all the games I've ever played that had any sort of driving aspect to it, the only one that would let you use a wheel is the uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance game in Die Hard Trilogy. <laughs> huh. Yeah. But cool. okay, so back to Christmas. Um <laughs> We, uh, we talked a little bit about uh, Sagata Sanshiro. We talked a little bit about Die Hard Trilogy. We talked a little bit about Father Christmas, and we hope to never bring that up again. <laughs> Let's get into the meat and potatoes. Christmas Nights. This is uh, Dave's show. Yes. Um, so as I was saying, you know, Christmas Nights is the quintessential Christmas game. I think that a lot of people can agree um, that it really there there isn't another Christmas game out there that is as Christmassy as Christmas Nights. And the funny thing is, uh, there's some debate as whether it's as to whether it's a game or a demo because it, when it was released officially, it was a promotional sampler. Uh, the Christmas season of 1996 released uh, to promote Nights and also just kind of as a gift uh, from Sega to its you know loyal fan base in Japan and then in the US and the UK and I know it was distributed through as a free giveaway on the official Sega Saturn magazines um if it, it was also it, that's if you bought it from like your news agent or I think you could get it if you had a subscription to the magazine and then they had it at Game in the UK and they had it at Blockbuster in the United States I think it was like if you rented one or two games you got a free copy 
Um, so there were ways to get this game, but um, you know, it's somewhat rare because it was a demo, because it wasn't an officially released game with you know hundreds of thousands of prints. You know, it had a, there was a limited run to it, so um, it kind of holds a value these days, and that value seems to kind of bump every year right around the holidays because you know people want to to experience this game you know and um i know k is one that you have a very fond spot in your heart for right yeah Um, it's purely because of i I love knights in general you know we discussed that like way back in our first cast but exactly um i picked this one over um knights in dreams because of its bonus content I consider it um, officially a demo, but I think that this is a more important game and and a um, like significant uh, title in the Saturn library, regardless of whether you're looking at just games or demos, samplers, uh, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, purely because it was innovative at the time, and there's just so much content. Um, the use of the clock, and you know, we talked about, like you know on our first cast about this. Uh, the use of the clock was just you know no one else was doing anything like that. The fact that the game that you played, while it was mostly just a uh, you know redressing a, a reskin of the same levels, um, the the fact that time and date had an effect on what you saw on the screen. I, I can't think of um, very many games that really did that. Based it on was revolutionary for its time. Yeah. Sure. yeah. And it just, all the presents that you could get, the unlockables, the, the different Easter eggs, it, it felt like a love letter to you know fans of Nights into Dreams. This was a thing that Sega started doing a lot, like as a signature thing. If, if you guys played PSO on the Dreamcast... In the lobby at Halloween, they'd have pumpkins or uh, Valentine's. They'd have hearts and stuff like that. So it's something that it's something that Sega started doing really heavily in a lot of their first-party Sonic Team games. And um, I think it started here with Christmas Nights. They got that idea to to do that, and it, it really is. It, it it I have so many great memories of that as a kid. And there's some, you know, pieces of information out there, um, like the Easter egg about uh, Sonic into Dreams, mm-hmm. uh, that this was like his first 3D appearance. Um, I, I think it's uh, the first 3D appearance in what would be similar to a, a platformer, you know, something similar to what he, you know, the Sonic character would traditionally be associated right. with. That. First playable, maybe, with an actual polygonal character? Not, you know, apparently that was uh, Sonic Fighters. It came out. Oh, and that was polygonal, and it was playable. Sure, yeah. but on the on the Saturn, though, and, oh, I guess Son- Sonic the Fighters was developed. It just wasn't really. Well, Is that it, how came it, goes? In, it came out on the arcade. Uh, and so right, but on- right, but if we're saying first Sonic 3D, Son- okay, you're just saying not, in general, not, not, not on the Saturn. Sonic Schoolhouse into this. <laughs> Sonic Schoolhouse. Well, okay, so Sonic, Sonic the Fighters was the first playable 3D Sonic, and this was the first playable 3D Sonic on the Saturn. Um, yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I just played it tonight, and to be honest, it's just haywire. Like, you really... You, you have to use the shoulder buttons to, like, constantly turn yourself around to follow the arrow, and you can jump, like, so high. You can <laughs> You have to be able to jump really high to get those 
those chips, but it's just crazy. But there's no time limit, you know, so you can really just kind of play around and and do whatever you want, you know. So it's kind of wacky, but it's fun. It just kind of adds like a a third mm-hmm. element to the game, you know. You know, like, another thing. Oh, go ahead. So the main reason why I considered a sampler, and for a long time I actually used to like not you know call it Christmas nights. It was for me it was winter nights because more of the time spent was in the winter season. You only had like a a little bit of the Christmas section. And then the majority of the time, it's just like Nights into the Dream Sampler Special Edition, right? With nothing extra to it. Right. Um, But yeah, you were saying? Oh, well, some people on uh, Simon over at the Junkyard, he issued the challenge uh, to put up best course times or uh, course scores. And um, there was a question that people were asking, like, who... It, it, they were, it was just a foregone conclusion that Claris is the easier character to choose. And I think that it really just boils down to the fact that most people pick her because she's the first option, and then they get used to that course. And, and it turns out that Elliot's course is a different course, and it's actually an exclusive version of Spring Valley. Uh, am I saying Spring Valley? Is it Spring Valley? I'm having a brain fart right now. Yeah, so it's an exclusive path or, or course for Spring Valley. Um, but the thing the thing with Elliot's course is um, I was just playing it tonight to kind of refresh my memory. And um, the the path is narrower. Like the ceilings and the and the hill, the mountains, they kind of are uh, you're you're just kind of boxed in a little tighter. So the core the course is a little tighter to maneuver in. But there's way more chips to collect. So you could, if you play as Elliot's character, you could technically um, rack up a huge score because there's just so much more chips to collect. Whereas Claris's is just a clearer path straight through, but there's not as m- many collectibles, you know? So that that's the thing. If, if people are, you know, if they get a feel for Claris's, I would, I would highly recommend to try Elliot's course because I think it was a little more fun, to be honest with you. Do we want to cover game modes or anything like that? Or sure, let's talk about the game modes really quickly, and we'll even just transition to to the the mailbag. So, so also, you know, the game it has you know a few different game modes that it offers, um, and these are you know all based on uh, the time of the year that the samplers played, like um, Kay was talking about. Um, there's winter nights and Christmas nights, and there's New Year's. Um, where if you play it on New Year's Day, um, there's a different title screen and a, and a song. Um, time changes through the year. I'll just run through these really quick. You know, you got uh, on Christmas, Santa Claus will appear. New Year's Day, the message says, Happy New Year. Uh, on Valentine's, some hearts will appear. April Fool's, the player gets to play as Riala instead of Knights, so that's cool. So be sure to set your clock to April Fool's. Um, and then also the holiday season, um, the snow can change depending on what time of day that you play. So that's really cool too. And there's a bunch of time, there's a bunch of time stuff that I'm not really going to go into. You can look it up on Sega Retro or Wikipedia, um, time effects, things like lunar eclipse or Northern lights and stuff like that. But, uh, also like Kay was talking about just the depth of content that this game has in the form of presents that you can unlock through like a card matching game. And, um, 
yeah i mean there's a karaoke machine there's art galleries there's swag there's like pictures of all the this really rare and expensive swag that you can find on ebay these days you know but uh you kind of have to cut off a leg for it uh and and then there's also oh go ahead i said plushies plushies yeah and uh crazy 90s swag but then also you know a really cool thing is you kind of get to see how the a-life system affects the music because there's like a music mixer in there where you can really see like the the way that the saturn works with its midi files to to you you know if the nitopians are angry you know it plays angry music and the um or happy music so that's that's a real fun thing there's like a time attack and a link attack uh mode and then there's of course as Kay said sonic uh, the Hedgehog into Dreams, so all really cool things. Also, the the PlayStation Two version also had uh, Christmas nights baked in, and there was also like a Halloween costume included in the, the Mystic Forest, uh, Mystic Forest bonus level or something. It's this game for me. Um, this should have been part of Nights and Dreams, or they should have like fleshed oh, yeah. it out. And and we talked a lot about this game um, on our first cast, but we did. I, I feel it's worth you know like reiterating you know like this is not a game that's you know restricted to the Saturn any longer. So even if you don't pick it up from the downloads or purchase one off of eBay, mm-hmm. um, it's worth noting like you can get it on uh, Xbox Live Arcade on either the Xbox One or the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. And I want to say it was given away during November. Um, if you were like an Xbox Live Gold member, you got that game for free. Cool. Uh, and it's like the, the full revamped version of Knights that also includes Knights as part of the package. Uh, another small tidbit that I wanted to touch on before we move on to um, feedback um, is that this is one of the few samplers that has a variant and the variant is the sticker on the sleeve, not actually the disc or the sleeve itself, but it came in two ways, one with the sticker that said Happy Holidays from Sega and one without that sticker for the U.S. version anyway. Cool. Well, Patrick, you want to bring us over to the mailbag side? Sure. So um, so basically we asked we asked everybody what their experience was with Christmas nights and a little a little story, maybe some history about it. And we got a got a couple of responses and a lot of interesting ones. Uh, you guys want to take turns reading these or do you want how do you want to do this? Uh, we can uh, we can take turns. Uh, how many sure. do we got? How many people we got? We've got we've got about five, five really good ones, I think. Cool. Let's, I'll uh, start off. Yeah, uh, with uh, Mr. James McMahon. Yeah. James writes, I purchased the Saturn on May 11th date, and while it had several strong titles, I remember the hype was all about PlayStation's 3D capabilities. Nearly half a year after launch, with no Sonic in sight, I remember starting to hear rumblings about Sonic Team's answer to the Saturn's 3D question, a game that would push the Saturn to its limits and offer 3D gameplay experience like no other. Right when I was able, I placed the pre-order at Best Buy for Nights into Dreams, and I was rewarded in July of 1996 with a spectacular and entertaining showcase, along with a cool Nights pillow cover and an awesome 3D control pad. I noticed in one of the flyers I got with the game, a nondescript teaser stating Christmas in July, with limited, if any, additional information. 
I didn't think much of it at the time, but a few months later, Sega announced a special Christmas edition with the purchase of select magazines or for free rental at Blockbuster Video. The game was to feature the special time and date-based features along with several hidden unlockables. I remember how excited I was when I finally saw the copy of Next Generation Magazine sitting on the shelf with the disc tucked neatly in its little sleeve behind it. I purchased the copy of the magazine and played the hell out of it, uh, the hell out of the game throughout November and December, then pulling it out for each of the other holidays and special occasions during the next year, or cheating and forwarding my Saturn's clock to unlock or see other cool special features. It was also thrilling to see Sonic's first true 3D appearance, debated, (laughs) on the Saturn when I unlocked the Sonic Into Dreams bonus. Many people forget or are completely unaware that that Christmas Nights was released a full seven months before Sonic Jam, so there had never been a 3D appearance of our faithful Sonic the Hedgehog before on any platform. Christmas Nights was such a fantastic concept, a completely free bonus with so much cool content. It really made me a diehard Sega fan feel special. Cool. That's a great write-up, James. I, I, I agree. And, and we've, of course, discussed Sonic's appearance on The Fighters, but it really was for, for many of us. Yeah, for many of us who didn't know about Sonic the Fighters back then, because it was like a Japanese thing. Um, I think that for all, for all of us, it was it was pretty cool to see Sonic in 3D. D- Kay, do you want to read Peter's? Okay. So Peter Malek, or Malek uh, wrote, I have so many memories and stories to share regarding the Saturn in general, so I'll probably make a video like David Lee did at some point. <laughs> Taking inspiration, right? Knights is my favorite game of all time, and I have a million stories related to just this game which I would love to share as well. But for now, I will share a neat one about Christmas nights. Up here in Canada, eh? Sorry, I threw that in. Uh, I was aware of Christmas nights when it was current. Uh, It was all over the game magazines at the time. But the demo discs, including Christmas nights, were not included with the mags in Canada at all. So I wasn't able to get a copy. This was before the time of online buying and such, so I thought I was out of luck. Folks at work aware how badly I yearned for this game and one guy said that his buddy had a copy and could mail it to him to give to me for only $50 that was a ton back then especially for a disc that was given away for basically free but I just had to have it so I paid the $50 and waited and waited the post must be slow I haven't checked my mail and so on eventually he got it but he accidentally dropped it and it shattered BS. I said I still wanted to get the broken disc from him. He quit the next day. Turns oh, out man. he was a crackhead. And there was no Christmas nights. He just wanted the money for his next hit. And I was too naive and wanted the game too badly to see the obvious. Eventually, the local retro game store owner, with whom I had a great relationship, hunted it down for me for a fraction of what the crack boy wanted. I ended up getting it in early 1997 and have been loving it ever since. Oh my god, that is that is a great wow. story! Wow, that is insane. Like, I he mean, he really I wanted that game. <laughs> I like how I like how the guy, the, the crack guy, just quit just for fifty dollars <laughs> for fifty bucks, man. Man, 
That's fucking stupid. Wow. But do you, you want know, to read Josh's? People on drugs don't really think right. Yeah, Pat, sure. you want to read Josh? Sure. Yeah, but that, that was a killer story. That was a killer story, man. <laughs> Alright, so, Mr. Josh Atkins. I honestly can't remember how I got a copy of Christmas Nights. I remember it was some kind of promo, and thinking that Sega was the coolest company ever for giving it to us, though. Did it come in a game magazine? Anyways, I remember the internal clock trick and messing with my Saturn's clock to make it different and having so much fun observing the small differences in the game. Like the Santa outfits and the jingle bells during December, and the changing title screen on New Year's Day. That was the coolest thing ever to me back then, and made me think of the Saturn as a wholly new, intelligent machine. It kind of makes me wonder, if we um, had the Saturn on at like 11.50, you know, on uh, New Year's Eve, and played through... If it would uh, change on its own when it checked the clock next at the title screen, or if you have to turn it off and turn it back on to do it, because I've actually never done that specific mm-hmm. test. It, it all depends on when the check's done. We'd have to Can get internal. Can you imagine if they had released the Saturn in America at the same time as in Japan, and they had released Nights or Christmas Nights, something like this as a launch title? People would have been blown away, you know? It's just it came so late, you know. But um, I think, it, it, like like he's talking, it really was that amazing back then. Now it's something we completely take it for granted. But back then, it was like mind blowing that they could do this with like a battery in the back and everything. Um, even like the onboard saves, you know, were just amazing because the the PlayStation you had to go out and buy like a twenty five dollar memory card or something like that. Um, whereas here, you could just save straight to your console the day that you bought it on launch. <laughs> So, just makes me wonder. I'm going to read Matt's. Uh, Matt Santulano. hope I'm not butchering that. Matt Santulano writes, Christmas Nights holds a special place in my heart. I didn't get a Saturn until around 2002. I was a manager at a Game Crazy. And one day while I was picking up some games from another store, I noticed that I, they had one in. I got it. Nights and one or two other games that I was checking out. I noticed the cardboard slip of Christmas nights in the glass case with no price. It turned out that they there was no price for it in, G, in Game Crazy's system. I asked the manager of the store if I could have it, and he said, sure, but it's just a demo of the game you're already buying. I didn't know what it was, but I that didn't sound right, so I asked if I could have it anyway. I took it home, and my wife and I fired up the Saturn. We played nights and the other random games that we'd gotten. We almost forgot to try Christmas Nights. We were delighted to have one more Nights to play, as it was our favorite game of the hall, and we were disappointed at the lack of Christmas theme. Luckily, sort of, the used Saturn needed a new battery, so I, so it asked for the date every time we fired it up, and the idea occurred to us to set it to Christmas. We were shocked when it worked. We played it for hours. It was the most Christmassy summer night I ever had. It's one of my favorite gaming memories ever and was the beginning of my seeing the Saturn as my favorite system and not just another collectible side note. That's a really good story, man. I, cool. I actually I actually love the Christmas in July stuff. Every year, uh, my bu- it's kind of unrelated, but my buddies and I go to this bar and they have like a Christmas <coughs> in July thing. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's, re- it's really cool. They have these little cookies, like uh, it's like the, these growlers and little cookie dips you can put in there, like uh, 
Cool. Cin- like a cinnamon cookie is really good. But yeah, I really, I really love the story, man. It's really cool that, that you know, you you can just celebrate, just play it anytime, and it didn't matter. It was Christmas. It was just tons of fun. And he got it for free, like like he should have. <laughs> yeah, he right. didn't have to pay fifty dollars for crackhead bucks for for it now. I think he, it's like fifty bucks now, right? Yeah, you're better off just getting the Japanese copy, which is like twelve bucks, and you oh, get a right. lot nicer display. Yeah, and it's perfectly playable too. Yeah, cool. it, it comes and goes. Um, I was able to get my my newest version for twenty five from a friend of mine over at Video Game Wizards. But it's a uh, I, the most I paid was $55 shipped for one. Cool. Okay, so you want to... Oh, yeah. Yeah, Darren Herrick writes, I got a Saturn when I was 17, and back then the system was considered dead. One of the first games I got was Nights into Dreams, and playing it on the analog controller on my parents' 60-inch television. Whoa. Okay, when did you have a 60-inch television? Listen, um, we have some high You were the cool the kid on the blocks. Groups. Oh, it's probably like a it was a rear projection or something like that, or Still. you know maybe he's like you know twenty three or something. <laughs> what year was this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was seventeen and it was dead. I don't know. This could have right, been so, Yeah, uh, sixty inch TV was one of the highlights of my teenage life. I spent hours playing and replaying the levels, and still consider the final level to have one of the greatest moments in any game of all time. Back then, I didn't know how to play imports easily and couldn't afford them in any case. So I was chasing after every good game I could find, even the Christmas Nights into Dreams, uh, the glorified demo of Nights. Christmas Nights was at once more and less than its description suggested. It is really just a demo. And the music is more brash, the level uh, more excessive in its colors. Even so, there's nothing quite like it. The level changes according to the time of year. It's not a static play-once-and-done-forever typical demo level. Really, Christmas Nights exists as a perfect crystallization of a moment in time when Sega was at the height of their creative powers and full of kindness and good cheer. The me, To the point where even a demo of a game like Nights was less of an advertisement and more of a gift. Sega's games have always been the gifts that keep giving. And never was this easier to see than in Christmas Nights, a gift that keeps giving all these years after the Saturn's console's retail life has come to an end. Yeah, that, that's what I always thought. I thought about the the Sega de, the de, the supposed demo. It felt more like an actual game while the content it had compared to just a, a little demo. They really gave you some substantial when they gave gave out that that disc back then. Yeah, it really did. Absolutely. Who wants to take Rhett? This is the last one. I'll finish it off. Okay, cool. All right. So Rip Miller writes, Got this when it first came out as a pack-in with one of the magazines I frequented. Was it Ultimate Game Game Players or Next Gen? And I fell in love with it. Even though it's only two reskin levels, I felt like a totally different world, and with all of the extras, it honestly felt like a completely new game. I couldn't believe I got something with that level of polish for free. I played it for hours. I selfishly wish I could have been a part of the Knights proper so we could play every game with the Christmas skins. But I've always been grateful that Sega made it in the first place. It seems to fit with their history making great, unique experiences and games with personality that never translate into monetary success. It's crazy to think one of the best games of the 32-bit era was a free magazine giveaway. Just a magical game, though. I love switching out the clock to any random date I see if it registered 
Register that as a special title card. There are so many that worked, I even tried my birthday. Playing as Rala on April 1st was cute, and the confetti instead of snow on the New Year's was another clever tweak. I always loved the original Knights, as the game that feels like it always living inside your system even when you're not playing. The A-Life system and the way it changes the characters in-game, and the music has to be one of the coolest features ever snuck into a game. You couple that with an all-new internal clock effects, and it makes Christmas Nights a special game apropos to the season. It's literally a game that keeps on giving. Cool. Nice write-up, Rat. So, this game is obviously special to a lot of us. And, uh, yeah, I, I think I think Darren and Rhett, they both said it perfectly. The, the fact that Sega was at a point where they were giving away something like this, that just doesn't happen anymore, you know? If we get giveaways, there there's always some kind of uh, bait and switch or, you know, like, you know, mo- you know in, in-game transactions and stuff like that. There's always it's something that the company wants back. But really, it was almost like Sega was doing this just to show that their loyal fan, you know, just to show their loyal fans that they still cared, you know? I feel like it's been a really long time since Sega actually cared like that. I, I definitely feel that, you know, like a lot of people, that if um, it, it, we've seen like Journey to Dreams um, on the Wii and of course mm-hmm. the HD remakes on, you know, Xbox Live, uh, I would love to see them, you know, fully flesh out holiday nights you know not just christmas nights although christmas nights is perfect um, mm-hmm. as far as the you know the holiday theme but you know taking uh holidays from you know across all the regions where this game came out and you know Seriously. kind of like like really fleshing out the idea maybe a different holiday based on what time zone you're in you know, like you, you get different sets of holidays if you set your time zone. You know, obviously it's not going to happen on the Saturn, right? But imagine if you could play Halloween with like Riala or Wise Man. <laughs> Wouldn't right. that be like awesome? I mean, that, yeah. that I would die and go to heaven. <laughs> so we know that there's just like a lot of untapped potential on a game that's this old um, and honestly was was just amazing as it was for a demo. Um, and it, like when we talk about it having like two levels, um, really what it was is just it was Spring Valley, and they they took that same level and put in a, a different path, a different you know way of traveling through this level, and then attached the you know the same boss at the end that you know Claris did, only going you know counterclockwise mm-hmm. or cl- clockwise. He went clockwise. Gilwin, um, yeah, yeah, and it's. You know, to to see the same level done in a different perspective from a different character's point of view was also very innovative to me. You know, it could have been called uh, rehashing, um, but I didn't really feel that it was. I didn't feel, you know, let down by what we got to play when you're played as Elliot. And mm-hmm. I, I just wish that, you know, if Sonic Team ever listens to our podcast, <laughs> hey, guys be fantastic to just fully go with that theme i would i would pay you you know more money than i would pay for like a call of duty title (laughs) for for holiday nights oh yeah it would be that's a must own for me all right guys well i think that's about about all the time we have today thanks for uh thanks everyone for listening to the podcast and thanks everyone sharing their experiences with christmas nights yeah thank you guys for writing in that was awesome yeah, it was I like 
Yep. Say Merry Christmas to you. Ame haole makahikiho. Aloha. See you guys later. See ya. Merry Christmas. Through an open door, just be strong. And you're sure to find the one. Find the one. In the night, and delight, I want to see you standing there in the night dream delight I found someone who really cares in the night dream delight I want to see Smile again in the night. Dream delight, you are the one I've waited for.